You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. .com's Jeff Cameron, Managing Editor Ira Chauffel, and Senior Writer Corey Clark. Your weekly dose of all things FSU, Pistols and Pies starts right now. Here's Jeff Cameron. The Seminole Headlines, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV begins right now. Great to be with you as always. There's Corey off in the distance. Hey, buddy. Good to have you again. Can you hear me? Just fine. That's enough, actually. Yeah, that's okay. good. Now Great. you pipe you down. Pipe down over there. Okay. Uh, Register Sausage uh, is uh, the sponsor here, of course, at least one we lead with uh, every time out the gates, and we thank them with a hearty, yay, sausage. Ben gave me props last week for covering up on uh, forgetting about the Duke promo code, mm. which was like a week earlier. I mean, again, you got to give him credit. He's had so many promo codes, but also I'm getting old, so I just kind of forgot that we had – Corey's like, when's the last time you did a promo code? Oh, it was about eight days ago. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Register Sausage is uh, just quality, uh, you know, just quality product, but run by Knowles. And Ben was actually, I was texting with him earlier, and he was showing me the map of stores. They've got some new negotiations. Might be branching out to some other states in the southeast. Ooh, so buddy, some of you guys, might, some of you might be able to go into the sit-down strikes. Have worked, is what I'm saying. We yes, asked we you did. guys. To, We've advocated to not be violent. But go into your store and demand register sausage and, and just camp out and sit down in the sausage aisle if they won't uh, give it to you, and, and it's working. So registermeats.com is the website if you want it delivered to you. Uh, or if you're in the southeast, man, they're coming. Ben is coming with some sausage. Nice. That's a big phrasing. For, for phrase. that. We'll yell. For that. Whatever, that, whatever that, it is. We're just going to yell <laughs> phrasing at the top of our lungs. It is a phrasing alert. But, uh, yeah, the sausage, it's, so, it's support, available. Support Ben. <laughs> Way to go, Ben. All right, all right. So I guess we lead with uh, the schedule, right? I mean, that uh, Warchant TV had it last night, warchant.com. We all sat back and watched the ACC's uh, dog and pony show there with the week-by-week schedule release. But everybody's interested in that, of course. I am, too. And uh, I watched the show with uh, you and Tom and Gene and, uh, and and Corey. I read your piece on warchant.com. So I'm all caught up. Are you, are you on, on, on board? It seemed like we're all kind of in lockstep. I couldn't believe how what a gift the schedule was. You feel good about it, of course. Yeah. That's it. You couldn't really set it up any better. I'm trying to what, figure what, out like what the alternative. What you argue about? I know. There's I'm just really even arguing. I'm about. just trying to figure out the alternative viewpoint. I mean, other you know, Wake, Clemson, NC State's a tough little stretch there. Got to play but, them at some point, yeah. right? You get you can shuffle them, I guess. But I'm fine with it. Look, uh, if if we if we're going to assume that Florida State is is in the midst of taking steps forward as a program and getting better. Bottom line is you can't look at a schedule like this. Now, 
look, I, if I were them, I wouldn't schedule LSU in New Orleans. That's just me. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't have scheduled that game. I probably would have picked a different group of five team than Louisiana, but maybe at the time that they scheduled them, they couldn't have known that was a good team, and we'll see if they're a good team now that they've lost their coach and several significant players. But the point is, if the team's on your schedule on your schedule. You're going to have to play them somewhere along the line. You scheduled LSU, so that's on, that's on us. You know, This really is set up about as as perfectly as you can have it set up given the teams that you have to play. And if you're getting better, you can't be scared to play NC State or Wake Forest. <laughs> I mean, sweet Jesus, can we stop being scared about the road game against Louisville? I mean, we sound so bitch-made half the time, our fan base does, about this schedule every year. I just can't deal with it. it, it we're fine. That schedule's fine. If we're any good at all, it'll go seven wins, eight wins, if they're any good at all. And you and you got some breaks too, like Louisville plays at UCF, right? The week the, before, uh, yeah. Saturday before. Yes. Meanwhile, so they got six days before the before they have to get ready for the Florida State game, or six days in between. Meanwhile, you have a week off, so you've got twelve days. Um, and then the, I think you play Wake Forest right after they played Clemson. You mm-hmm. maybe play NC State right after they played Clemson. Um, so yeah, man, they you know again the at NC State Clemson is a tough one, but I mean you got it's a not an easy schedule. You got to play teams. Uh, I thought overall that uh, you couldn't have asked for a better uh, a, be- a better a better setup for the schedule you already knew was coming. I, and you chose yourself, I imagine, to play Florida on a Friday night. So you yeah. got you got six days in between Louisiana and Florida. Meanwhile, who knows who Florida's playing that? Yeah, that the, yeah that Florida game was definitely. Well, Florida's playing Vandy at Vandy the Saturday before. Which, Ooh, all right. Which hey, isn't that's tough. No, that's no cakewalk. No, that's <laughs> – well, I mean, compared to – yeah, I mean, you know, you'd rather play Louisiana at home, I think, especially with all the changes they're going through, than go on the road to play a conference game. So, I mean, I do think it's – and there it'll be two back-to-back road games for them. So, I, I do think it works out well. I wanted to talk about the Florida game, but you, you want to well, talk about Well, let's that? get to that Florida game in one second. The only thing I want to add to this is last night after the schedule reveal happened – you know, we're always very quick to have an opinion about a schedule, but we also know that several hours later you start to think about it again, right. and, and then you also go team by team and digest what they have before you and after you and where the bye weeks fall and all that. Well, in the midst of doing all that, you know, I had my laptop sitting there, and I was listening to you guys talk, and I was looking at that schedule, and I'm looking at Louisville's schedule, and I'm looking at Florida's schedule, and I'm looking at Miami's schedule, and Clemson's schedule, and Wake's schedule. And anyhow, I get done with it, and I turn to my wife, and I was like, man, I, I've got to be wrong. Because to me, this is perfect. And I, every time I think of that, then something happens later on, and I go, oh, you dumbass, you forgot about this. Man, this really is ideal. I think it's an ideal schedule. Uh, and again, I, you know, Florida State may not be good enough to have the record we want, but from a schedule standpoint, this is, this is to me ideal. I really quickly, before we get to Florida, got to acknowledge Mark. Thank you, Mark, for your contribution. Schedule's fine. Corey, really good article on War Chant. Did you guys see FSU's rap video? Uh, way better than uh, what Brian Bayou Kelly is posting. Just creepy. <laughs> see y'all in NOLA. Yeah. So uh, I haven't seen the video, but uh, I am excited about the schedule. And thank you, Mark, for your contribution. Could you imagine if Mike Norvell was putting out videos like no, Brian Kelly? No, I don't. Is he doing it to be <laughs> like? Is he doing it ironically? He has to be, right? Like I don't, he knows people are laughing at him. I don't know, man. I don't know. I, why? Why would you do that? I mean these these coaches well, these it, coaches are so image conscious. Why are you going to do one where you're laughing at yourself? You're, you 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 want to look. Cool. That's it would be ingenious, though, to have known that the misstep you made prior, where you looked like a fool, 
could not be undone. And My thus, family. Yeah, th- thus embrace it all and go over the top and say that was part of a plan. I, yeah, I don't know, because he, he was so bad that first week. I'm going to put that with the Willie's quarterback plan <laughs> and with yeah. Jimbo, Jimbo's five-year plan to give up play calling. Yeah. That's but, where I'm going to follow that plan. I'm just saying, at some point, they might have gone, what do we do? What do we do? Make more stupid videos. Okay, I see, I see you working, Jerry. You I want see me to you. grind up on them? Oh, yeah. You want me to get right up on them and grind, right? <laughs> Is that, that's laugh, cool, right? right? Y'all want me to do this? All awesome. Yeah. And he's cool with it? Yeah. I mean, laugh. the only reason I could say maybe he's in on the joke is the stupid, uh, you know, Pulp, pulp Fiction dance. Mm. Uh, like he's dancing with Uma yeah. Thurman or something. So, so perhaps. So maybe. But still, man, it's just, it's just ridiculous. And What was the uh, – I, I, I didn't see uh, Mark's question about the rap video. Oh, FSU put what out – it? FSU, to kind of hype up the schedule release, they put out a video yesterday with uh, – it's a, it's a rap song that they had done, and it's you know very FSU-centric rap. It's similar to the ones we've seen the last few years that like Tariq Knockout has done in the past. He's not in this one. Um, oh. But then they have the players kind of dancing with it, and they're involved with it. I mean, it was, it was fine, man. You, just like anything with FSU media, FSU Twitter and social media, there's a bunch of people who loved it. There's a bunch of people who hated it. And I thought it was fine. I mean, it's just you know something to do. It was a lot better than what Brian Kelly's been doing. Well, that's for sure. It would be hard to be any worse than what they've been doing. But anyhow, that said, let's go to the Florida game, the Friday night, the yeah. Black Friday game, which we probably acquiesced to, obviously. Yeah, I mean, definitely driven by TV. Mm-hmm. Um, but with all those things, I mean, you kind of are, um, you know, ACC has an ab- obligation to fulfill so many Thursday night, Friday night, even those Monday night games with the ACC, with those Labor Day games. Uh, so Florida State hasn't had – a Thursday or Friday the last couple of years, so they definitely were due. Mm. And I think the idea of if you're going to do a Thursday game, it's almost always going to have to be on the road. It's basically going to have to be on the road because FSU We can't. used to be the kings of having yeah. to go on the road on a Thursday night. Because they, they can't really host, you know, because of all the classrooms at Doe Campbell Stadium, they can't really host a football game that night. Uh, logistically, it's just impossible. So so if they when they got the opportunity to do it on Friday, that makes it possible, especially because it's Thanksgiving weekend. So you don't have those logistical issues. And I think from Florida State's perspective, once they found out that it was going to be prime time, it wasn't going to be early in the day, it was going to be prime time, and it was going to be on a major network, which from what I understand, it's going to be on one of the major networks. Uh, it's not going to be on the, the Deuce or ACC network. Those were things that Made it more. Are people still calling it the Deuce? I am, man. I, I keep it real. I, I keep it old school. Old, old like school. When Olderman was hosting. <laughs> uh, but uh, so they, they're keeping it, you know, as long as it's going to be high profile and on primetime, that made it more interesting. And uh, yeah, and, I, and to be honest with you, I think it, I was concerned about the students. Would they be able to get back, you know, for a game Friday night if they go home to South Florida on, on Thanksgiving? But really, if the game was at noon, as you mentioned in your column, Corey, if the game was at noon, they would have to come back Friday anyway. So I don't think it's that big of a difference. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is that, you know, if you're a fan, you usually spend Thursday night at home because it's Thanksgiving. Um, All these people are going to be driving in the day of a game, and a lot of people don't like to do that, and I can understand that. It's a five-hour drive, and you're going to tailgate, and then you're not going to stay Saturday night for sure because why would you? Well, guess what? Um, You're paying your two-night minimum. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I guess. Um, or you're just bouncing right after uh, right after the game on Friday night. But, yeah, the the if Florida State's good, it's not going to matter. Like, Friday night, Saturday afternoon, you should have a really good crowd. I think what this does is if the two teams are mediocre again, this is what I wrote in the column, if the two teams are mediocre again, it still guarantees a bit of an atmosphere because it would be a night game. And it's going to be a primetime game, holiday weekend. If it was Saturday at noon, it would be a sleepy nooner. 
Um, who knows how many fans would be in the stadium for two six and six, six and five, or five and six teams? But that ain't happening. It, well, no, I know they're going to. Florida State will be eleven and zero. I don't know if they're going to be number two or number three. It'll be a big game at that point. I, really I haven't big figured game. out. I know they'll be behind a one-loss SEC team. I just don't know who that SEC team is going to probably, be. Probably probably Alabama. I was going to say maybe maybe multiple, maybe yeah, one or two yeah, loss they, so, SEC teams. Yeah, but they'll they'll have to win it to stay in contention for the playoff. So it's going to be a it's going to be a big game for sure. Do we do the thing here in the opening segment where we pick the locks, the wins that are guaranteed? We all universally agree Duquesne is a uh, a win, uh, and I understand. And there'll be people out there like, well, Jacksonville, stop, stop, stop. Duquesne, Ain't making that mistake again. Duquesne is a win, is an absolute lock. Uh, I actually think that it's funny, by the way, if you when you go through the schedule, this might be a weird thing to say just because of our history with them, but I think Georgia Tech is a lock win. Yeah. Uh, that program is in shambles. This will be the goodbye tour for Coach Collins. Uh, I think it's a lock win there. That's two of them. Um, and, again, if you're playing well, I guess uh, at this point uh, you would – Probably look at maybe one more lock win, and I mean I think Syracuse is a lock. I think Syracuse is likely a lock. I mean, that was a big win for Florida State last year yeah. since they were zero and four and held on for dear life. Um, so I, I don't know if I like them to win the game. I don't know if I'm going to go lock. What about Louisiana? Yeah, I was going to say probably Louisiana. Who more important? I don't know more important, but as important as losing Billy Napier. Uh, I remember reading right off the, when, when all the transfer portal stuff was happening. I'm, I'm pretty sure they lost five starters to the portal. Oh, and I mean their quarterback. That, yeah, it's receiver, devastating. I, mean, I would like yeah. to think if you if you're reasonable at all, you, you, that's a lock win. But there, it pretty much stops there. In fact, when they were, uh, <laughs> but there are no lock losses either. Mm. I think that's accurate. There's nobody on that schedule that you're like, oh, they got no chance. Okay, nobody. maybe not no chance, but I would give less than a 50-50 chance for Florida State to beat Clemson. Well, yeah, less well, than 50-50. Sure, but that's 50. not a lock loss. No, not Last a lock that loss. that was a lock loss. And they almost won it. Yeah, so you know what I mean? Like, So I, I don't think LSU you're not deathly afraid of. No. It really helped. Well, if you play Caleb... this game, if you, I'm sorry, Corey, if you play this game, it, it's a little bit easier to do. Florida State yeah. will be an underdog to LSU, slightly. There'll be an underdog on the road at Louisville, slightly. There'll be an underdog, we think, well, certainly at NC State they will yes. be. There'll be an underdog to Clemson. Uh, there'll be an underdog on the road at Miami. Uh, well, we think probably, I don't know, but a toss-up underdog maybe uh, to Florida. We'll see. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's way that's, to uh, be determined. To, to, yeah, yeah. Uh, Wake is a team that they may very well be an underdog. Uh, the one thing about the schedule, and it has less to do with the schedule and more to do with circumstance, Florida State does play – uh, a really good set of quarterbacks who've played a ton of football. All the guys are back. Uh, the Leary kid at NC State's really good. He's back. The uh, Djokovic kid is back at uh, BC. And he's Riley good. Skinner's back at Wake Forest. <laughs> yeah. I mean. So you have a lot of quarterbacks uh, that are on their way back. But, uh, again, for year 10. But other than that, I mean, again, that's just circumstance. But we have, I, I think I've identified one, two, three, four, five, Probably six games in which Florida State's going to be an underdog, but not but an substantial. underdog by three, yeah. three or four points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and, and, yeah. In, in some cases, sure. As so opposed I, to you know double digit underdogs, which they've been decent amount the last few years. We agree. We agree. I think. Uh, I mean, the, the the good thing is though, if again, if you're improving, if you're getting better here, and you're beating the teams you're supposed to be beat, you've got a chance to certainly go to a bowl, certainly win seven, eight games. So if if that's happening, then that's that's progress. Yeah, and I think I mean, if they're if they're, 
you know, look, there's there's a chance they're four and one after the first five. I mean, there's a crazy chance there could be five and zero oh if they win that LSU game. But worst case, they're three and two. But if they're four and one, let's uh, hold know, off now. Hey, hold hey, off. hey, let's hey, not relax. say worst case they're three and two. We 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 saw worst case last year. All right, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say. Like, worst case, if Mike Norvell's going to be head coach of Florida State in 2023 and beyond. Well, that's the that's what's you fun can't, to do. You can't be two and three. I mean, you know. That's what's fun to do because they could be two and three. They could. Of, and if they are, your point is well taken. We're, we're gonna have, <laughs> there's going to be problems. I mean, again, I'm not saying they can't lose those games, but, man, people are going to – I mean, it's just reality. Well, you can lose at Louisville, and it wouldn't – I mean, again – their quarterback is back again. That guy's been playing forever and a day, and he played lights out against you for a half but, last year. So you, you're going to beat the Duquesne. So that game really is not really in doubt. No. So that means you want one and four in your next, or one and three in your next four games. And I think that it's not where you need to be in year three. Yeah. Well, that means you got to beat Boston College at home. Yeah. Yeah. You got to beat Boston College at home, and and you should. You should, but it is a losable game. So this is where we get to the the meeting of the schedule is favorable. The reality slaps you across the face when you are honest with yourself about each of these games and talking about could you lose them, could you win them, and you find out how many of them are 50-50. Yeah, it's about all of them. It's about all of them. You play well, you're going to – you're gonna you play – literally, like, I, I bet three of their five wins this year were probably when they were underdogs. Um, or two of the five. Yeah, because like, they won 0-4 in the games we thought they might win yeah. two or three of them. I mean, that's so, my, my whole thing in the beginning is you're going to beat Duquesne – you need to be Boston College at home, and then you just need to not lose both Louisville and Wake Forest at home. I mean, I'm, I'm not. That's not too well, much. Louisville's to ask. on the road, but I, yeah, Wake not, is at not, home. Yeah, yeah at yeah. Louisville or Wake Forest at home. One of those two. Um, you need to quit losing to Louisville. Period. Right. Like you can't do. They can't do to you in football what you've been doing to them in basketball. This is nuts. Let's quit making Louisville look great. But that's where, I, and that's where I think you know that to me that's one of the best situations on that hell schedule which you mentioned earlier. You're coming off a bye. You get the bye again before Louisville, and they're playing at UCF the Saturday before. Man, it sets up really well for Florida State to win this freaking game. You got to beat Louisville. That's a huge game for the season. Yeah, coming off a bye, you ought to. You ought to. But uh, again, I think the defense takes a slight step back up front. They've got a mobile quarterback who killed Florida State a year ago. You get nervous about it, you know? But you got to be able to put up points. I mean, you have to. I mean, yeah, we kind of feel like that's going to be a shootout already. Here we are projecting. I agree with you. Simple Headlines, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Hey, headliners and elite headliners. It's Ira here, and it's time to talk Shopify. As you remember, a couple of years ago, we wanted to create and sell headlines merch for the best podcast listeners in the world. That's you. But we had no idea where to get started. Now we're selling Yay Sausage shirts, and it's so easy. All because we use Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're a startup working out of your man cave or IPO ready, Shopify is the only tool you need to grow your business without all the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. You could be selling Don Julio socks from Shopify's in-person point of sale system or offering headliner shirts from Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform. Whatever you need, you're covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love most about Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow, 
grow with Shopify. Sign up today for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase, and they'll help you grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Go to shopify.com slash warchant. Seminal Headlines returns now. Head to YouTube and search for Warchant TV today to catch the show live or on demand. Now, here's Jeff Cameron, Ira Chofel, and Corey Clark. Taking a look at that schedule on Seminal Headlines. It's fun. Everybody debates uh, well in advance uh, of a season and of even spring football what a team's going to be. Acknowledging, though, that we'll have to wait and see, and that's true, too, by the way, of the fact that uh, there could be some other kids coming help that uh, shape the roster, you know? I mean, like, you get question marks about certain position groups um, that aren't completely uh, intact yet. Uh, and Like, we think that uh, before it's all said and done, there might be a, a quarterback addition to this program, so that'd be a big deal. It'd be a big deal knowing who your backup is. It's yeah. not going to be Caleb Williams, though. No. Apparently he uh, said no, and he's going to USC, which is yeah. uh, a bummer. I mean, that really is a shock. Also, Tom Brady is retiring. Another shock today. Stunning today. There that some it big transpired. news today. Big news. Yeah. No what was Caleb all that Williams. about? Why, why did he come out and have to deny it for two days? We all knew it was true. What was, what was all that about? Well, one, I'm sure it had a lot to do with people paying him large sums of money to do it at a different you know medium or venue. He had the show that he runs on SiriusXM, which they moved up two days yeah. Uh, the Let's Go show, because I'm forever having to read that promo when I do the Beyond the Tip show. That's on Wednesday. Old Jim Gray. Yeah. Old Jim Gray. Yep. Hey, a little trivia about Jim Gray. Mm. Uh, he talks to his uh, dog in German. Okay. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. His, his dog speaks German. Nice. So That is good trivia, though, Corey. <laughs> it's very good trivia. And how did you learn this? Uh, I had a buddy that used to work at a radio station, and they would go down for Super Bowl Super Bowl media row. Yeah. And uh, Jim Gray talked about that on the Let's on the show. See. I talked to my dog in kind of baby talk. <laughs> Who wants a bone? Anybody want a bone? Iris' dog understands baby talk. <laughs> Great. <laughs> so, uh, point would be that, uh, well, I guess getting back to what we were saying is, is that I think, and I'm circling back to the schedule, that uh, we're all in agreement 11 and 1, 10 and 2. The the ceiling yeah. eleven and one, the floor ten and two. Right. Are right. we right? Are we all spot on there? We didn't get to that last segment. You know, it's it, mean, it it really is. I'm sorry, Corey, but it, it's you can again, man. You kind of get yourself worked up when we were doing the live show last night. The people could still watch. It's on the YouTube channel uh, for War Chant. Um, you know, you kind of start go. You kind of get yourself. You can get ahead of yourself a little bit, and you can start. You can envision the scenario where you win this game and this game and this game, but then it plays out entirely differently. Um, but, but just in the merits, man, I really think that, you know, if we talked, what we talked about before the schedule came out, before we knew the order of games was it would be really good for Mike Norvell to win seven or eight games this season. Well, the way the schedule is mapped out, it doesn't look like the schedule is going to prevent that from happening. That's a good way so of you take away this. another, maybe a crutch where man, the results really start to matter. Yeah, there's no excuses, right, right, when you look at this thing. Unless there – I mean, look, there could be a rash of injuries. Uh, we have no way of knowing in, in early February uh, what the injury status of the in these games will be. But other than that, there's really, there's really no excuse schedule-wise. Um, and look, man, the reality is August of last year, Clemson was an automatic loss. They weren't even going to be competitive in my mind in that game. That was an automatic loss. Might as well forfeit it. Uh, Florida was going to be really tough. Uh, they could have and should have won both those games. Um, and then Jacksonville State was supposed to be the laugher 
and you lost that one. Florida wasn't um, going to be tough. We thought it was an automatic loss. I mean, Florida Florida was really good the year before, and it was down in Gainesville. And they have yeah, that's players. what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah and, so, and they could have and should have won that right. game. So you you just never know this far out what you should expect from a team or what you're what these other teams will end up being. Like we had no way of knowing that Wake was actually pretty darn good last year. Uh, was going to be a ten win team. Uh, still, when you look at that schedule and the way it's broken up. You were not overwhelmed in talent by really anyone, like overwhelmed where you shouldn't even compete in our eyes um, with anyone. Clemson, I mean, Clemson's look, it. If they get decent quarterback play, Clemson's it. But that's a big if, right. man. That guy isn't very good, and they'd have to play a true freshman, and you never know if true freshmen are going to be good or not. Or the that kid said, that yeah, that guy's back. awesome. Yeah, Clemson's going to be a bear again, but there's no reason to think he's going to be as a true freshman because that's a rarity. I would say, too, the, and, and Florida State is improved on the offensive line. I believe that. It's going to be important because in the same vein as Clemson, just in terms of blocking them, on the road at NC State's a problem. Yes. They get the quarterback back, and we didn't block them last year. Yeah, I think to me so that's, a, I, I would yeah. do, that's a – the line of scrimmage is where I look for these things, and then I go to quarterback. Those are back-to-back games that I think Florida State will lose. Yeah, it's again, though, we don't even know – like last year, the great Dylan Gibbons didn't even come until like May, right? Well, that's right. why I said let's wait until spring camp happens and yeah, we find out I'm the additions so, like, to the they, roster. And obviously, you also have to get through camp without any devastating injuries. These are all things that help shape our opinion going into the fall. Yeah, I mean, there's you know they could get another offensive lineman, they could get another you know quarterback to compete, they could get um, you know, so, but they're not. You know, again, man, I, I look at that defensive line for Clemson last year, even their backups. I mean that's you know it's going to be a tough it's going to be a tough day for Florida. State. They've they been recruiting. They lost the best DC in the country though. They did. They replaced them with his high school with Dabo's high school buddy or, or college buddy. Uh, so again, there it's not like Clemson is the Clemson of three years ago. Um, they are beatable. They are gettable. I guess uh, you, man. But uh, some of that's not scheme. It's their dudes a lot better than your dude. And hey, well, scheme it up, Norvell. <laughs> scheme it up. Come yeah. on, man. We're paying. What, what is he getting paid? He's almost getting paid as much as Auburn's basketball coach. Uh, not quite close, but yeah. Yeah, but you do have to <laughs> – you, you can only scheme so much if uh, the guy across from you is whipping your ass. So I, I do – I agree with Ira here. I, I'm going to go ahead and circle Clemson and NC State as losses. But then from there, you know, listen, I'm, I'm more in agreement with you, uh, Corey, in the sense that, yeah, I, okay. You, you can beat Louisville on the road. You can certainly beat Florida at the end of the year here. You can beat Wake Forest. Yes, I agree with that. You could. And where you know the th- actually of those two, I, to me honestly, and I'm probably on, alone on this, but I actually think NC State's the more daunting task. First of all, Corey, you know how I feel about Carter Finley, but second yeah, of all, snake pit. snake pit. But second of all, uh, you know is that the fair weekend. Oh man, oh, if it is, is the fair course, weekend, I'm just sure write in a loss, guys. <laughs> <laughs> that better not be the fair. But it's uh, you know it is it's on the road, so your offense isn't going to play quite as well. There, it's a I think it's a tough matchup. They're they're going to be really good. I mean, I think they're going to be good. They've become a good program. Really good. They have. Yeah. It's hard for us to accept that yeah. Dave Doran's doing a good job, and he is. They've become a good program, and yeah. then uh, again, if Clemson doesn't fix their quarterback situation coming to Tallahassee, I think Florida State's going to have a decent chance to win that game. Um, but. You know, again, what's going to determine the season isn't that game. It's as you mentioned, it's Louisville, it's Boston College, it's Wake Forest, it's those teams that you have to get past to 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 have a seven or eight win season. You've got to stop losing to some of those teams. Yeah, to garbage ass programs. Just say it. You got to stop losing to garbage ass programs. <laughs> stop doing that. I mean, we do that on the regular. We have, but that's part of a rebuild. It's part of a rebuild. It always. I think it stirs deep within me when we're talking about the arduous task of beating BC, Wake, Wake and Louisville. Yeah. I'm like, okay, guys. 
<laughs> right. this, we're having this conversation again, and I get this it. isn't what you got into this. For. <laughs> Just I know that that's the reality. And I can accept that reality. I don't like it, clearly, but I can accept it. It's just that when we do it, you're kind of, whoo, it just brings something out of me. It just hurts. Imagine if two of these receivers, I mean, first, the, the kid from West Virginia, Winston Wright, is going to be a good receiver. I mean, he's been a good receiver their whole, his whole career mm -hmm. at West Virginia. That will translate. I don't have any doubt about that. Imagine if one of these other three receivers right. is turns into a legit weapon. And you have better you have depth better on your offensive, offensive line. Better offensive line. If Jordan just keeps getting better, I think that offense could be. I mean, it could be fun to watch for the first time in a long freaking time. I'm knocking God, on wood old. there. I'm knocking on wood, and I'm knocking on knocking on wood that they get a viable backup if he has to miss time. It, it just it, you want a guy that you because if he missed time last year, you lost. You had zero chance. It wasn't even competitive if he, if he had to come out. So he can't. I mean, A, knock on what he stays healthy. Obviously, everybody wants that for the young man. But B, if for some reason he is missing time, it can't be an automatic loss. Corey, did you buy Jeff this Hawks jersey? No, I bought no. it when I was at the Hawks game. I mean, he, he wears it a lot, though, which I love. He's, he's representing. They've let, been let playing better lately. Let me tell you something. I wear this more than I wear half my stuff with the Pirates, the Knolls, or the Bucks. And it's because it's the most comfortable sweatshirt I've yeah. ever purchased. And. God bless the Hawks. This was $15. What? $15. I couldn't believe it. I bought one for the whole family. Everybody got a Hawks jersey. Did you get one, Corey? I didn't get one. <laughs> no, no, and I'm actually a Hawks fan. It's yeah. weird. I walked in. I couldn't believe it. My youngest was like, Dad, they've got sweatshirts. I'm like, I'm sure they do. And I was, tried to keep walking, tried to keep moving. And he goes, no, 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 look, look, Dad, this one's cheap. And he was pointing to same design, but it was a black one. And, he, and he, he clearly wanted it. And I said, well, how much is it? And I was expecting $75, yeah. $125. And he goes, oh, this one's $20. And I was like, what? And then some of the sizes were 15 some were 25 The The most was 25 I was like, this is unbelievable. Should have bought you one. The reason yeah, I, the re I, I, You still have time. <laughs> the reason I was looking at it, Corey, is because Jeff, put, Jeff is putting his hands in his hoodie because that's how cold it is in here. And Ooh. you're not here to appreciate it. So, I'm not yeah, cold sorry, at all. Buddy. I'm not cold. I just like to fondle myself, and I need the cover of the sweatshirt during <laughs> right. the show. Yeah, and he wants us to see it. Yeah, that's, that's, you, you like uh, us to know yeah, when you're doing it. Yeah, just absolutely. Well, keep you off guard. Make you work hey, through difficult quarterbacks. Is there any? Can Chuba transfer back? What are the rules on that, Ira? Is he not allowed to transfer anymore because he's already transferred once? You can, but then you have to sit out a year once you once you once you're at the new school. What about when you sign your letter of intent? Or if you're a grad you transfer, transfer, I guess you could come back. Once you've signed your letter of intent, no, I mean, that's binding. Um, yeah, I mean, you can transfer, but it would be your one-time transfer. Um, so all these kids that they signed in December, like the kids we talked to today, uh, A.J. Duffy, are they, they could just go and transfer tomorrow. Hit yeah, the portal yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, that would be their one-time transfer, yeah. Oh, boy. The college yeah, football right. landscape is wrought with peril, Corey. <laughs> this is why you cannot celebrate your gains. Understand that there are tomorrow's losses. And if you're down in the dumps, you can recognize all you got to do is raid somebody else's roster. But mm. didn't so but Clemson's bringing back a quarterback that left there three or four years ago, right? Like, don't yes. they, they're bringing back a grad mm -hmm. transfer who originally was there. And uh, then I think lost his job at Northwestern. Or didn't yeah, play he was well in years, it would have been year six, and he was talking about wanting a coaching job. And he reached out to Dabo, and the Dabo was like, wait a minute. You've still got eligibility because of the COVID year. You want to come on down and play some quarterback? Have you, have you seen DJ have play? You seen? <laughs> yeah. You've got a real chance, buddy. Oh, man. It's Civil Headlines 93.3 Real Talk Radio at WarChant TV. 
How you doing there, podcasters? Good, good to hear it. Listen, <laughs> if you're if you're wondering uh, for you know for a good place to eat, watch a game, have a cold beer, enjoy a lot of choices, we suggest Horizons Bar and Grill. Maybe even run into us. You could might happen. see us. Could you Horizons. and I, especially. Yes. I or, mean, I'm there once a week. I think when I'm in town, I'm there. Stephanie and I are there. Great place. Cold beer, hot women. Everything you want in a—I uh, probably shouldn't have said that. Well, oh, it's or okay. Hot beer and cold women. At <laughs> Whatever some bars. you're into. I, I like—I like the good-looking ladies too. That's sure, all right. But, but even if that's uh, not your thing, I'll be there. I'm a good-looking guy, and we would all agree, great food. Legitimately, the most good important food. part of this ad is the great food. It's great food. They got TV, sports bar. They got that vibe, but beer, food, everything you could want, and most importantly, again. Other than uh, the food, is that there is at least I'd say a thirty-five percent chance one of us would be there. And you get the mac and cheese bites, and you can get those shrimp tacos, which yeah. are the king. Uh, you get the you've gotten healthy on me lately. You, I eat the hummus. You eat the, I hummus. Eat the hummus. Who eats really that? Good. He I, does at Horizons. I, I, I didn't know I like hummus. Maybe I go. don't, but Horizons got some great hummus. But you look for them on their website. You can see their happy hour specials. Uh, just a great place to hang out. And it's and if you want to like a little upscale dinner, you yeah. can go in there for that as well. It's at Bannerman Crossing at the. Uh, Right off of Thomasville Road and Bannerman uh, up there on the northeast Tallahassee. Tell them headlines sent you. Well, the important thing is support the people who help support Seminole Headlines. That's Horizons Bar and Grill. And thanks for listening to the podcast. Woo! (laughs) (laughs) Seminole Headlines is brought to you by Register Sausage, serving the Florida Panhandle and Lower Alabama for over 75 years. To find a store near you or to buy directly from Registers, head to registermeats.com. That's registermeats.com. Seminal Headlines returns now. Head to YouTube and search for War Chant TV today to catch the show live or on demand. Now, here's Jeff Cameron, Ira Chauffel, and Corey Clark. Corey, you're up in Atlanta currently because you're going to be covering Florida State Clemson basketball tomorrow. Now, that's that's not accurate at all. I'm not going to that game. What's the matter with you? Okay, you're not going to that game to cover Florida State Clemson. I thought that's why you were in Atlanta. That might have been uh, what I, might have been what I told Gene to cover for you, but that's oh, cool. Oh, so Corey. I blew my cut. Co- well, you my blew your cover. You just putting in some time because I know I'm going to be down there for most of March. Okay. Spring practice. Right. So well, I, I'm actually uh, happy for you to not to be at that game. They're going to lose yeah. that game tomorrow night, and uh, and then you know it feels like this thing's come off the rails a little bit. Some of it's unfortunate, obviously, with guys missing games, but also there are holes in the roster that have been exposed. And damn it, man, uh, our fear, uh, which was I guess suppressed certainly during a six game win streak, is right back here at the surface. It's all, it's all come back up. So I just was wondering what your line of questions were going to be. Post the Clemson game. Uh, wh- but since you're not going to be there. It doesn't matter. But yeah. I, I am re- genuinely curious. Like, Naheem McLeod, look, he's still not a guy. He's not a Lajuan. You don't throw him in there uh, and he's going to do four little post moves and or McHale or somebody like that. But he is a, he's been a force the last three times he's gotten extensive action. Remember, he, he didn't win the Duke game for them. But he got them right back in the game to start that second half. I like love where his dominated. offense is headed. Yeah, I love where his offense is headed. Yes, he is. And then oh, Georgia Tech, he was just catching the ball and dunking or getting rebounds and dunking. And then what he did uh, Saturday. But on the other end of the floor, mm. it's such a train wreck, and it's not his fault. He's seven four. There aren't many seven four people on the planet. Period. There might be two that can guard guys that are six two or six three. You just can't do it. So I am genuinely, genuinely interested. I know Leonard said it before. Will he switch what they do? You can't have Naheem McLeod on the floor on defense if you're going to switch one through five. He can't do it at this level. And again, it's not his fault, but you need him on the other level. So I feel like, buddy, this is part of coaching. 
figure out your roster for this year and make sure you can come up with a defensive system where Naheem McLeod isn't a liability. Well, well, Ira brought this up on the Jeff Cameron show yesterday, which was that we've heard Leonard say this before, but he is really stubborn in that regard. Well, and sometimes and, it's worked out. And, but. And, and we talked to him today, and he was kind of already hedging that, that comment. Um, and so my, my point, though, is what, what bothers me a little bit about this conversation is everybody acts like it's, it's all or nothing or that, that that defensive scheme is the problem or that Naheem McLeod is the problem because he can't guard – uh, the other team's point guard. There's the other side of that, though. If you scrap what they do and you stop doing that, then teams can run their offense. Like the benefit of doing that is nobody that FSU plays gets to run their offense ever. That's why Louisville lost to them every time. That's why Virginia has struggled against them the last couple times. These teams that have really good offenses struggle when they play Florida State because they can't run it. So what you get is Miami doing their ISO stuff, Georgia Tech doing their ISO stuff, Virginia. So the 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 bad part of it is if you can't figure it out you can give up you can get burned at times the good part of it is nobody gets to run their offense against you so if you just go back to doing more of a traditional defense well now you got another problem that's all i'm well, saying it doesn't fix everything i would say the difference is though when they needed stops the last year and a half malik osborne has played center that's what that was their go-to lineup. Balsha did it. Balsha was good defensively too. Yeah, he yeah, but I mean he was he was kind of a freak in that regard. But mainly they would go small, especially this year. You know the Georgia Tech game. Remember they gave up eight threes in the first half. They gave up forty-four points in the first half to Georgia Tech, and that was because Malik Osborne came out of the game, and they had to play the big kids who can't stay in front of people. With Malik Osborne not an option, you can't go small. I mean you got to figure out something, but either that or you got to play Prieto um, at, at the five. Like you can't. They don't have the option of going small anymore with somebody like Osborne. I don't know what they what their what their small lineup is even is now. Uh, who's the, like is is I don't even know who the center would be. Cleveland, uh, Fletcher. Like <laughs> that was I, that was an interesting game because usually what happens is when 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 two teams have contrasting styles, one will will have to adjust to the other. Yeah. In that game, it was like both teams just doubled down. You know, George, yeah. Virginia Tech's like we're going to go smaller and smaller and smaller. Right. And Florida State's like, we're going to go bigger and bigger and bigger. And offensively, you knew for yeah. Florida State, okay, fine. That's how Nahima got all those dunks. you're going to get all those dunks, yeah. right. On the other end, then, you felt helpless. And it was a matter of, okay, who's going to give in first? But and- if that kid doesn't hit four threes in, in a minute and a half, you're in that game. It's 62-60. It's not like they were without three of your best players. No. I mean, that's the part uh, nobody even wants to talk about. And it's all about scheme. And they got to change what they do. You didn't have... I mean, you're not going to have Osborne anymore, but they found out the day before that game that Osborne's done for the season. Then at game time, they find out they're not going to have Raquan Evans or basically Caleb Mills. I mean, that's that's a big part of it, too, and nobody seems to really talk about that. Well, and the reason, yes, and, and it matters, obviously. You lose personnel, you lose games. It's tough, especially if you already have holes in your roster. I think people don't talk about it just because you've now lost to the two bottom feeders of the ACC in back-to-back games, and the frustration is mounted to a place where we say, well, this isn't working, so you're going to have to do something. And it's human nature to respond that right. way when you lose to two bad basketball teams, sure. including when somebody breaks a record in your own building. For sure, but I also think if Mills, and it sounds like when we talked to Leonard today, uh, it sounds like he's more hopeful that Caleb Mills will play and Raquan Evans will play. At Raquan pra- practiced yesterday. They think Caleb Mills is going to practice today. If those two guys play against Clemson, you know we'll see, man. I- I'm not chalking it up as a as a guaranteed loss. I don't think this season's over. But in the from a big picture standpoint, I would say the most important thing that happens for Florida State over the next six months isn't making the NCAA tournament. It's making sure all these guys come back because if they do, this team could be unreal next season. 
Yeah, they could be good, and that's kind of what I look towards. Is I, you know, I, what you've seen out of McLeod is something you haven't seen out of an FSU center. I don't know since like Bernard James, where it's just four dunks a game, um, and he's a big kid. He's put together, and he's still, I think, just a sophomore. And you start thinking about his future, um, and that he could be a legitimate force. Yeah. And may, that that's what that's what I'm saying. Like I, I think I think he's somebody you got to you got to coach long term into. I don't know that you he could ever do what they want on the defensive end. He just I don't know that he's he's he has the necessities to stay in front of people. Um, I counted it up last night of the 18 threes they hit, eight were on pick on switches where he where he had to pick up someone. Let me ask you this um, though. Let me ask you this though. Weren't weren't they say, weren't we and they saying the same thing about Balsha before last season? And I then, don't remember honestly. I don't. Bal- Balsha, I guess that, Balsha could not do it at all, and then his second yeah, year he could. He could he, this it, is yeah. Naheem's first year. Is all I'm saying that there's it's not just about can you physically do. There are things you can do to learn how to do it, um, even or if to hide size. your lack of yes, yes because uh, you have the help defense. It's 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 not just one guy playing against yeah, one yeah, guy. Yeah. There are other guys that can help you, but it's how does how to use that help. I mean, there's a lot of pieces to it. I'm just saying, Balsha made unbelievable strides. I couldn't believe how well he did it in his second year compared to his first year. Yeah, yeah, and he. I mean, look, he 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 moved like a six five guy to me. Like he could handle the ball like a six five guy. Uh, Balsa was they they could use him, gang. Yeah, they could use yeah, him. I hope he's that. sleeping well. Uh, same with Scotty Barnes, man. Great, awesome. You might win rookie of the year. Awesome. Great. You could be at Florida State <laughs> going to another NCAA tournament, buddy. Uh, I was going to say, happy. a little bit different there. Uh, the Boston one pisses me off. The Scotty Barnes one, I think we certainly saw it coming. I don't know if it pisses me off for Balsa, but we kind of were like, come on, man. He would have been dominant this year. Oh, could you? Don't, I mean, oh, don't you think the yeah, biggest yeah. – the thing I texted Ira this during the game is I want to see what Cameron Fletcher is. Like, I want him to get some extensive minutes – Look, the ceiling is only so high. Yeah, this Malik, is not a great team. Malik they, they got problems. It's, it's a devastating loss of Malik Osborne. Is it? You know, listen. This was already a team with a lot of holes. Now they're devastated. That was I'm a with critical you. win because of what he does defensively. Mm-hmm. He is a six eight kid that can stay in front of everybody. He's just a really good defensively and was a veteran leader. But I want to see what Fletcher is because he's got. You know, he had that block in that game on Saturday. Uh, he had a couple nice. Oh, you dunks see flashes of, of greatness all the time. But and then, but long then he also of yeah. He also leaves Couture in the corner to help on a guy that's not even going to the basket and leaves him. This, those things, Cleveland getting caught on screens and fouling three-pointers. It's all this inexperience that shows up. But Ira's right, man. I, I think you can see the makings of a really strong nucleus. These freshmen, Butler, you know, has got to put on 100 pounds. <laughs> that, but that that's kid, not happening. That kid is has got some real skill to him. McLeod has turned into Shaq. And then, uh, and then we know what Cleveland is. And Fletcher, I think Fletcher's that wild card man. He could be, he could be really special. I think if it all comes together for him, he certainly got the ability. And Caleb Mills, and then if Worley is Worley more, turns I mean, the corner, I mean, it's just a, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that group is. And 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 when you talk about the roster, you know, management and transfers coming in, and they've got a big recruiting class coming in. But it wouldn't shock me to see Leonard bring in a transfer because uh, he's he was really impressed by some of the transfers they've gone against this season. So why don't uh, they get that one of those kids from Virginia Tech? <laughs> yeah, the the Pick Couture one. kid. How about that kid? So he was a three star, I think two or three star kid out of Orlando that nobody yeah. was really recruiting, and uh, he gets the sign with Virginia Tech, comes down here and hits nine threes. That'll hurt your feelings. You you know I'm not I'm not a. I'm not advocating violence, but you I can't. have on more than one occasion <laughs> going all the way back to Scott Wood, and I said, "Look, you can run through a guy." And he didn't hit nine. No, 
you can run through a guy. You can slip. Your shoulder can hit their loins. Things can happen. You can say sorry about that. It's a little slippery out here. Yeah, could happen hey, good again. Good shot though. Could good happen shot. I again. Like the way you're Don't know what to tell you. It's my so job. You're to get advocating out here and shoulders into the yes. nether regions. Oh, without question. After about the fifth one, where that guy's not going to miss, we're going to foul the hell out of you. We're going to end up this in the sec- second too. row, buddy. And you've seen it with Caleb Mills, like in, especially in the NBA. Sometimes, like at the end of the game, it didn't matter where Florida State was, was on that kid. He was right. going to make his well, shot. Once like, he started a, making, yeah. It's in, that's why you don't give them the easy ones early. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, you've seen it with Caleb Mills, too. Like, man, it doesn't matter if you're guarding him. If he's feeling it, it's going in. Just start running back on defense. It's crazy how talented some of these shooters are now. Simple headlines, 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Chant TV continues in a moment. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Seminal Headlines returns now. Head to YouTube and search for War Chant TV today to catch the show live or on demand. Now, here's Jeff Cameron, Ira Chofel, and Corey Clark. Next hour, we'll get the headliner questions, as always. As we round up, uh, round out this hour, Ira, you wrote a piece, WarChant.com. Reference it. Let's talk about it because it's uh, Mr. Alfred basically telling everybody that um, you're going to be held accountable. Yeah, I went over and uh, met with the FSU's new athletic director, Michael Alfred, a couple weeks ago, and I've uh, been working on this story. And it's basically kind of uh, what I was interested in. You know, Every time we talk to him or every time we talk to David Coburn in the last couple of years, we focus so much on – the, the buildings, you know, when's the football facility going to be built? When is, when are you going to renovate Doke? What are, when are you going to renovate um, Dick Houser Stadium? Houser Stadium? Cesspool. Yeah. And, and really a lot of those answers are not concrete because they're, they're still in the process. You know, they're either in the design phase with, with the renovation or with building the football facility, still raising money. They're still trying to sell the concept of the Doke renovations. Uh, we'll see what happens with Hauser. But, but anyway, so in this interview, in this story, I want to focus more on how he's going to go about you know, leading the department. I mean, this is a department I wrote about it, and we've talked about it um, when David Coburn, uh, they announced he was going to retire, is that this is a really a chance for a fresh start for Florida State Athletics. This has been really since, I mean, honestly, since Dave Hart left, that Florida State's really got a, uh, a unified vision between football coach, boosters. athletic director, the boosters, the board of trustees. They're all kind of on the same page now. It's been a long, long time. And so... Uh, I was curious just kind of how he's going to go about his leadership, what's his leadership style, What? how is he going to prioritize his list? I mean, obviously he's got a list of things he wants to get to. How does he prioritize that? And so the story is mostly kind of looking at that. But the big picture is, you know, he's definitely a guy who's going to be, he's all about, you know, he he's wants metrics. I mean, he when he when he went to Seminole Boosters, you know, Andy Miller ran Seminole Boosters for 45 years. Uh, did a great job building it, turning it into what it was, and it was a very successful entity. But it was always kind of run in that style of just kind of a down home, you know, you know, uh, you know. You don't want to say a mom. It was a multi million dollar operation, but it was just kind of an old school approach. When Michael Alford took over Seminole Boosters, I mean, he put in like digital, almost like tote boards in his office where he would track how many phone calls everybody in the staff made, the booster sales reps. Uh, how much how much revenue they generated each day? I mean, he's tracking every detail, 
And He's so gonna be like Alec Baldwin and uh, yeah, but it'll be good. Glenn Gary, Glenn, Glenn Ross. Ross. And yeah. so, and so, I was curious. Okay, how do you apply that to an athletics department? And he's like, oh, I've got metrics for the athletics department, mm-hmm. for every department. You, and Yeah, you either do or you don't. And so that, that, that comes across is that you know he's, he's going to be very demanding. But he also said he's going to pour more into uh, – he's going to fight and get, and get more resources for people to do their jobs better. So it's a two-way street. On the one hand, he's going to demand a lot more, but he also says he's going to bring in better people to come train employees in different departments. Uh, he's really big in investing on that. But he wants the people who are there to, to, to compete – at their jobs the way you know the athletes and coaches do at their jobs. So I think it's interesting the whole story is at warchant.com. Are there numbers yet, Ira? Is how many because I, I followed them on Twitter and it's like I think like late December they had like twenty eight hundred booster members and now it's like forty one hundred or forty it seems like yeah, they, your numbers are off, they're making yeah. inroads and in, in gaining and they're not all huge money boosters, so, but they're boosters. Yeah, one of his big initiatives when he's running seminal boosters was the number, man. There's been times where Florida State's had a you know seventeen thousand annual don- donors. Uh, that number dipped down to like nine thousand uh, the last few years, and part of the reason is they've always tied it to football ticket sales. And what they've done the last couple of years, what Mike Alford really has done, is try to appeal to donors to give, even if you're not going to buy season tickets for football. If you live too far away or you're just not interested in football, you can still be a booster. So he really did a, a grassroots effort, as you mentioned, on social media to get people, even lower-level boosters, but even higher-level boosters, uh, and, and, and separate it from the football ticket sales. And they have. They've, they've brought in several thousand new uh, donors. Smart to separate it from the football ticket sales, given the vast amounts of sucking that have taken yeah. place over the last well, five it, years. Well, it, it puts you so – I mean, it, it became that wave oh, where yeah. football's doing if well. good, you made yeah, money. Exactly. If it didn't, you have no chance. So they're trying to kind of even that out. But, yeah, I mean, I think he's done – he did a good job with Seminole Boosters, and I think he – you know, I think they're excited about what he can do for the athletics department. But it's it's going to be a, a – you know, it's going to be an awakening because it's going to be a different approach. Good. Yeah. Everybody being held accountable. There we go. That's what I like to hear. It's a great article, and there's a lot more to it than just right. that, by the way. Go to warchant.com to read that, vet that, all the information that's there. It's a good piece, Ira. We've got the hour number two forthcoming, of course, as always. Headliner questions. Stay with us.